Let's stand and worship the Lord one more time in 2023 as a, as a church.
nailed to the cross you crucified all my sin and shame it was washed by your mercy you are the treasure i find my reason for living so let my life become an
King Most High. We thank you for bringing us through another year. But God, you are not, uh, you, you don't go by calendars. There's just something that we do. But Lord, we just thank you that, um, that new year, but you're the same God. And we give you praise for who you are. We ask that, um, that God, uh, eye has not seen and ear has not heard what you have prepared for your people here of Haven and for the ministry that we have um, for you, that you're calling, that you're placing on our lives. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen. All right, tell somebody, soon to be Happy New Year. Our kids can head out. Happy New Year. And for all of us that won't make it, let's do it one more time. Happy New Year. And for all you diehards that make it till midnight, go on. It's all good. Um, that's just something I pray for, make it to midnight. I, I just have some exciting news. Our youth group went to Sight and Sound. Um, Jen's not here, but thank her and all the chaperones that went and took those youth up there to, which one did they see? A miracle? The miracle. The Miracle of Christmas, and um, they loved it. It was awesome. Um, also, just wishing everybody be safe tonight as we bring in the new year and let go of all the past. Let it go. All new, all fresh, starting over. Um, we do want to lift the families. There was three families in Elkton that were misplaced, and one family lost a 10-year-old daughter in a fire this week, really severe. And Jen Cummings is um, connected to that family and is taking donations, or if you want to be a part in helping, just see her because she's really rallying for them because they have nothing. So um, if you want to see her after church, if you want to make some kind of donation. Um, and we really want to lift June and Chris today. Paul, her husband, passed away a couple days after Christmas. Uh, we've been praying for him. He's been active with hospice. So we just really want to lift her and can't wait to see her back in the front row. Um, the funeral is being planned for the 12th 
and the details will come out in the future. We don't have them just yet. My cousin Bruce, I want to lift him up. He's going through some really difficult times and waiting for a surgery and fighting an infection that has to go away before he can have the surgery. So I'm going to pray hard for him. Um, and we want to lift Sue and Liz and Taylor for healing and Nancy for unanswered prayers. Dale, we want your back to get better. We're praying for him. Um, and all those with COVID, because it's kind of been going around, and a couple people had family events with a few people missing. So let's pray that COVID goes away. Um, and Sandy has asked for special prayers for healing for her son, Eddie. He's really struggling with an infection, um, and they have you know, got to cure it. So we just, and he's not reacting to the medicine, so we're praying they can find what's going to help him the best. Um, and welcome visitors. There's some new happy faces in here today. Glad to see you. Welcome to Haven. As some of us are still eating our breakfast. Sorry, I could not help myself. Anyway, um, we're going to pray. Let us pray. Put our hands on our knees, put our hands on our heart, put our eyes to heaven, whatever you do when you talk to God. Dear Heavenly Father, bless this church, bless the people in this church. Heal those that we have lifted for healing as we know they are in need. As we go into the new year, be with those who suffer from mental health issues, recovery issues, financial issues. It's a time of year where everyone can be happy, but not all are. Be with them and bless them, and let us be the acts of kindness that brings hope to them, to show them your way. You give us love, you give us grace, you give us mercy, things we don't deserve every day. Let us repay that to others. Continue to pay it forward. You know that's my thing in life. Give to someone else. You may make their day, you may change their entire life with the word of Christ. Be with Jack as he brings our message today as we rock in the new year. And give us comfort knowing that we have you and we have a place to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The year ahead will certainly be filled with all kinds of blessings and trials, challenges and opportunities. But this year, we are resolved to trust God no matter what the circumstance, and to follow Jesus wherever he leads us, to forgive those who've wronged us, and to bless others with the words that we speak, resolved. To pray without ceasing, and to study God's word with diligence, to be the first to serve and the last to complain, to love at all times, to work unto the Lord, and to be generous with all that we have, resolved to cherish the beauty all around us and to spread joy in our community, to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, to live in faith and not in fear, to exemplify humility, integrity, and gratitude, to honor Christ with our time, treasures, and talents, to make a difference with our lives and to give glory to God in all things. This year, we are resolved. Okay, good. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. Remember back in 2019, we said, oh, yes, 
2020 has got to be a better year. And then it turned into be one of the craziest years ever with uh, COVID and everything. We do recognize there's a lot of sickness going around. Anybody had it hit around you? Anybody tried to stay away from it and run from it? As I shared um, last Wednesday um, before Christmas, I got hit with something and it really kind of, the whole um, the whole season was a blur. Um, but the, um, we had a great time in worship last week, and, um, and my thanks to everybody who, who helped bring that off. Um, and um, it was a great time and celebration in the Lord, and we had uh, just a fun time. Um, never know what I'm going to get with the kids on Christmas Eve, and um, they never disappoint, that's for sure. All right? So a um, couple things I want to share. If you did see up there, that's um, a bulletin. for the. If you want, didn't get one, you can get it with a QR code there if you want to take out your smartphone. Um, which I always say makes us dumber, but it's a smartphone. Um, but um, one of the other things, we had disciple Bible study on there. Um, we have just made the break from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So if you're interested in joining us, we'd love to have you join us. It's Tuesday nights at 6.30, and we'll be right in here in this room. And so we're starting with the Gospel of John, and we're going to work through um, with John, the letters of John, uh, I think James is in there, and then we're gonna, the bulk of it is going to be Revelation. So we're going to go through Revelation if you'd like to participate in that. And we'll have that finish it up right around Easter. Anybody know when Easter is this year? March 31st. It's early this year, so get ready. We'll be on a countdown to Lent before we know it. So um, we're here. All right. So, so because I know you love my, my uh, dad jokes, I figured I'd end the, the year with them. So here we go. Um, Someone once said, this is kind of a joke, but youth is when you're allowed to stay up on New Year's Eve. Middle age and older is when you have to. Um, so um, that's one of the things when they make you. Um, why did the man stand on one leg going into the new year? He wanted to start the new year off on the right foot. See, it's good. You like it, you'll use it. All right. Why did Dracula pass out on New Year's Eve? Because there was a countdown. All right, there you go. I gave you some of them. Okay, it is the last day of 2000. You don't like that, guys? You don't like those? They're good. All right. Um, you, uh, I, I don't, didn't say they were good. I just said they were, they were one-liners. You'll say it. I guarantee you'll use that to somebody later. But. So being the last day of 2023, I want to talk to um, people. I want to talk to people who are created by God. Who's created by God? Okay, that means everybody. And how many of you created by God to do something significant? The answer is yes, okay? That is every single one of us. So there, there may be those of us, and some of us may not feel that way, but what I'm talking about is something meaningful, something eternal, something that matters, something that may even outlast you, um, something that you really feel like, wow, this is what God has called me to do. Now, some of you may have sensed something for a while. You may have sensed that God had called you to do something unique and something special, but you don't know exactly what it is, and you're not sure where to start. And so I want to share a verse, and I pray and hope that it will land in your spirit in the right place and build your faith as we go to the completion of this year and we start a new year to know something that we are uniquely, each one of you are uniquely created by God for his glory and you're called to make a difference in the world. So I want to share this verse from Ephesians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul wrote this from a Roman prison about 61 AD. And, and so here's what it says. It says, therefore, and remember, whenever you see therefore, you got to figure out what it's there for, all right? So therefore, I, a prisoner for serving, uh, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been what? Called by God. Notice that the Apostle Paul says, I what? 
I beg you. I plead with you. Uh, if I'm in prison, the last thing I'm going to do is beg and plead people for something else. I might beg and plead to get out, but he's begging and pleading for something else. He says, what, what is he begging and pleading for? for? That you live a life worthy of your calling. And he says, for you've been called. So look at the person next to you and say, you've been called by God. Then tell, look at your second choice and say, I've been called by God. Uh, that was a little bit less. Your second choice may be, um, you may not want to tell them. So I hope this resonates with you and um, to recognize something that you're created for a reason. And I wanted to share with you, regardless of where you are, what life you live, where you've been, when you connect and have a relationship with Jesus Christ and God through Jesus Christ, um, there is a calling on your life. There's a purpose. There's a divine destiny. And um, we, may not, we may struggle with that because no matter what we achieve in this world, no matter what level of success or, or um, you know, that knowledge that people know you by, we long for more than just something that the world considers success. There's something that in you that craves a lasting significance. So today's message is called, You've Been Called, and God is Calling You. So let's pray. Father, we, uh, we pray by the power of your word and by the presence of your Holy Spirit, that you would stir up your church to a sense of your divine calling in this time. As we wind down this year, God, stir that up in each of us. Stir it up in your church and as your church, God, that we can make you known and live out the call that you've placed on each of our lives. For we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. So we live in a culture of what I've heard people call instafluence. Anybody ever heard of that? Instafluence, where you can become TikTok famous, you think I should become TikTok famous and maybe start my, my dance routines, anybody? Some of you, were, yeah, I see some of them like, yes, please. Um, I, I did have something when I taught school. I actually had somebody, um, when I was doing uh, school online, I had somebody who hacked in, and um, I was actually famous for a little bit with some people that, about being the dumb professor that let somebody in their class that wasn't supposed to be in there. But anyway, um, if you look for it, you'll find it. But um, in an age where people seem to be obsessed with so many things, people are obsessed with building their personal brands, um, securing their side hustle, making a name, and becoming an influencer, right? Many of us are so uh, social media influencers and other kinds of things. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to re reclaim this, uh, this concept and the language of calling. Everybody say calling. calling. All right. So what does it mean to be called by God? The root word, so I'm going to give you some Greek today. I figured I'll start the, the, um, the new year off with giving you a lot of Greek words. But there's one Greek word that I want to start with that actually 16 New Testament words come from. I'm not going to give you all 16 of them, but I'm going to give you some of them. And it's probably a very significant word. And it is um, this word called kaleo, and it's right here. And it means to call. Kaleo means to call. And so I want to show you just a couple of the other words. There's another one called klesis, and it's calling. And then there's kletos, which is called. Okay, you see a theme here? Um, all from that root word. Then you have something that some of you may have understood, um, a term called the paraclete or paraclete, which comes from the term, and it means comforter. It also comes from that term calling. And it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is referred to as the paraclete or the comforter, but he's also referred to as the parakletos. Everybody say parakletos. 
I see you're learning Greek today. Um, and it's just, you can tell somebody it's all Greek to you. But um, this is um, a picture of the Spirit of God here. The paraclete, which is the comforter, the parakletos, which is the advocate or the intercessor. So we know that the, uh, the Holy Spirit is our comforter, but also goes on our behalf. So both of those terms come from this term, kaleo. And then there's another one, which is called ecclesia. Everybody say ecclesia. If you ever heard of the uh, term um, ecclesiastical, there we go. Um, I had to say it five times. But uh, ecclesiastical, it refers to the church. And this is a term in Greek for the church. It comes from the term calling. And it actually means, ek means to uh, out of, and ecclesia means comes from. So we are the ones who are called out. So we're, that's, that's a name for the church, the ones who are called out. So we are the called out ones. And that's who you're sitting next to. You're sitting next to somebody who was called out. Called out of what? From the darkness, as Paul says, into the marvelous light. All right? So we are called. Now, when we think about calling, um, it's something that gets a little confused at times. Because one of the things is, if we recognize and generally accept that we are called by God, meaning that we are set apart by God, we're chosen by God, we're gifted by God, and we are called to make a difference, that puts a little weight on our lives, doesn't it? That we have a responsibility. But if you're called by God, you may wonder this thing, what is my calling? What is my calling? Anybody ever ask that question? Okay, what is my calling? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to be? What, think about it this way. A lot of people may think, like I do at times, what if I was supposed to go to college and major in this certain major, but now I didn't and I chose the wrong career. Now I'm in the wrong career and I messed everything up that God wanted. Or what if I was supposed to ask that cute girl out, but I hesitated. She got sick, went to the doctor. The doctor asked her out and now she's definitely not going to go out with me. She's going out with a doctor, right? And, and what, if, what if then uh, I married somebody and I married the wrong person. Now I'm having all the wrong kids because I'm out of God's purpose and calling. Anybody ever think of that? Some people don't raise your hand, okay? Um, you may have thought that. But, um, but that's some of the things. I don't know if you ever think about that. I, my mind can, tends to go to that at times. Um, what if I take a wrong turn? And the train slows me down and my whole life is messed up and I'm in the wrong spot. Or if God is calling me for something special, what if I miss my calling? What if I'm just like, years ago I had a calling on my life and I didn't answer it. Now I'm, I'm just totally messed up my whole life because time's ticking. Tick, tick, tick. It's going to be 2024. What am I supposed to do? And you say, well, what if, what, if I call, what if I was called to do something really big and I just ignored it? Or I, I said, wrong number, God, and, and it didn't work out. So how do we answer the call? Well, if you're taking notes, you may jot this down, okay? Calling is about who you are before what you do. Calling is about who you are before what you do. And often when we talk about calling, we talk about doing something. We talk about, oh, I'm called to do, and we think about that. But I really want you to look at calling as a calling of who you are rather than before it. So it's who before do. Everybody say who before do. One more time, who before do? And this is really important. Let's look at 2 Timothy. Again, Paul. I love the words of Paul here. Look what he says. For God saved us and did what? Called us to live a holy life. Notice what Paul did not say. He did not say that God saved you and called you to be a missionary in Africa. He could. All right? Um, he might, but that's not what Paul said. Notice he didn't say God called you to be a second grade teacher. 
or God calls you to be a professional gamer, which would be a really cool game, uh, job, right? That you get to sit around and play video games all, all your life. That would be very fun. Uh, anybody else think that would be fun? Some say no. I think it'd be, yeah, there we go, Holly. I think it'd be kind of fun. But, um, but Paul did not say that you have been called for a certain task. Do you recognize that? That's something that we kind of get mixed up at times. What did he say? He said this. He said, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. It is a who before do. You recognize that? He did this not because we deserve it, but because it was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. So God's plan before any of this stuff started, before Adam and Eve, before anything from the beginning, God's plan from the beginning of time was yes, to give us a purpose and a calling, but it was a calling not to do things, but to live a holy life, to live a set-apart life. Because calling is about as much about who you're becoming as it is what you're doing. And I think often we struggle as Christians because we get so caught up in what do I need to do? What should I be doing for God? What I, I don't know my calling. Oh my gosh, if I missed it up, how can I do this? Oh, the purpose-driven life. I'm looking. What is my purpose? I've read through it 10 times. What's my purpose? And we get so caught up in that whole kind of thing. What is my calling? Your calling is to live a holy life. It's to be who, not just do. And so when we look at this, we're looking at the word holy because I don't know about you, when you hear the term holy and I say, oh my gosh, um, somebody says, Jack, you're to be holy. I feel like I'm in real trouble. Anybody else with me there? I feel like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I look, when I think of holy, I think the people in stained glass going, oh, with a little halo. Jack is not that person, okay, just to let you know. That's, and I struggle with that if I really take it as we see holy. But let's look at what holy means. The Greek word actually means to be set apart. Let's go back to Ecclesia. We are the set apart ones. We are the ones who are, who are uh, separated out, right? We are the church. So that's what, we are, that's what it means to be holy. It means to be holy that we are set apart. We are to be different. As um, the scripture tells us, we are to be salt and light. Um, in the world. And what does that mean? As you follow Jesus, it means you don't look like the world. You don't act like the world. You don't think like the world. You don't behave like the world. You're not driven by the things that the rest of the world is driven by. And it's, it doesn't mean that you're completely removed from the world. We're to be in the world, just not of it. We're not to, to just love the world so much. A lot of us love the world so much um, that we love it more than we love God, than we love the things of God, than we love the set-apartness of God. And that's what Paul's trying to say to us. We're called to be different in, in a way. Not to be weird different. Anybody know the weird different people, right? The really weird people different? If you don't, all right? But, um, you know, sometimes we're just, we've seen the people that are so different that they that it's almost fake, you know what I mean? That it's so different that it's almost fake and you get something that where somebody is just trying to do things and often people associate holy with doing things. I'm gonna do things that make me look better. I'm gonna do things that, that people think I'm churchy. I'm gonna talk in a certain way. I'm gonna say these and thou's and I'm gonna you know, do all those kind of things and I'm gonna have a different voice when I pray. I'm gonna speak in British English. Oh, Father. You know, I mean, we do these kind of things that try to set us apart part, but that's, it's, again, it's not about doing, it's about being who. And holiness is about something that occurs within us that flows out into what we do. So it's not like we say, okay, I'm a Christian now, I'm going to stop doing those things. I'm just not going to feel that way. Anybody ever tried that? It doesn't work very well. It's something that you, it's the change that God occurs 
in and through us. We have been set apart. We have been called by Jesus and filled by his Holy Spirit. So when you look at Scripture, it's super interesting to me that the Bible never talks about your calling as your career. Never, never it does. Um, the Bible talks about your calling becoming like Jesus, a who before do. So what am I called to do? What am I called to become? Who is it that God wants me to become? So I'm going to give you an example, all right? And I'm going to need your help. You ready for participation? One more time for participation this year, and you'll get a, you'll get a gold star, all right? Um, so here it is. I want you to help me unpack this. How many of you might suggest that God may have called me to preach the gospel? How many of you suggest that? Raise your hand. If you don't raise your hand, I'll feel really bad and I'll cry, all right? Um, uh, some of you may not know me, and some of you say, after so far, nope. Um, all right, but, but if you feel that, okay, thank you very much. You're making me feel good, all right? Um, and it's not a trick question, but there's a problem. There's a problem because I'm also called to some other thing. I'm called to be a husband to Melissa, all right? And that's distinctly different than my pastoral role. Like, for instance, if we get into one of those discussions that we call arguments, anybody ever had those? That um, I don't just go, well, as the pastor, you can call me Reverend Cohen at this moment. That ain't going to work too well, right? Um, and, and so that, that's, that's not going to work. So anyway, um, so that's one of the things. But I'm, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm also called to be a husband. But, and also, there came along five individuals. They were little at one point. Now they're big. And they call me daddy or dad, right? So I'm also called to be what? A dad. And so there's a different, uh, there's a different kind of connection there. Parents, am I right? That you have a different calling a different connection with your kids, like what you use at work does not work with your kids. What you use with your spouse does not work with your kids. Sometimes what you use anywhere does not work with your kids. Uh, and, so, and so you have a different role, and you have to work through that. And you've never loved something and hated something at the same time so much, correct? Parents, okay? And it's, it's so difficult, and you're like, oh my gosh, I have this whole kind of responsibility as as a, as a parent as well. And the things, you know, and the things that your dad did, like, because I said so, they don't always work in, the tw in 2023, all right? Um, but because I want to know why to say so. My dad said, because I said so. That was the answer. Um, so you have that. Then there's also this other thing, that there's this one little individual who's the cutest little thing, and I have a role now, which is the best role ever, as Papa. And all I got to do is make her smile and occasionally change something, right? Um, but, you know, that's another role. And so we have a lot of different callings in our lives, um, and yet... How do, we, how do we balance all these things? I'm still the same person, but there's different expressions of those areas that I'm in that I'm called to. And what I hope that you recognize in your own life is that who you are is way, way, way more important to God than starting with what you do. Like, for instance, if I just said, I got married, I'm a husband— and I never do anything else from the point of the wedding, I'm not going to be a husband very long. Correct? Okay. If I'm a dad and I said, I had some kids, I am biological man, and I'm dad, and I do nothing for them, I show them no love, show them no care, take care of them, not at all, don't rescue them when they have a car breakdown or anything else, then I can be a dad in what, I, what I've done, but am I a father in, who, in what I do? And so what I'm trying to say is, this is the same with your calling with God. It's about who you are, 
and no matter what you do. When I think of my dad and my mom, I think more about who they are and who they, I mean, who they were and in my life than anything that they ever did. Yes, my father was a pastor. Yes, he was my dad. Yes, he had a, a degree in sociology and a, a, a master of divinity. Yes, my mom was a music major and had a degree and a certified musician and all this kind of stuff. But that didn't make her my mom, that didn't make him my dad. What made them my mom and dad was the, was the connection and who they were to me and how they taught me um, right from wrong and how they got after me when I was bad occasionally. Um, and, then, um, and then how they loved me unconditionally when I messed up and how they taught me what unconditional love was about and how they, they loved me in spite of my mess. You see what I mean? It's about who, you, who you, you are rather than what you do in those roles and what your title is. And so, yes, I, you may say, I'm called to be a preacher or you're called to be a police officer or you're called to be a teacher or a plumber or a laborer and a homemaker, and yet you're not living a part that, if you're not living a part that set apart life, then you're not living your calling out. You're, not, you're, you're to be holy in all those areas. Not that you're perfect, but that you're trying to bring God in each of those areas of your life. And if you aren't, you're not fulfilling your calling. And if I'm really successful in some other venue, then I'm not fulfilling my calling because I may be lacking in some area in my life. I could be a really good preacher and a horrible father. I could be a really good preacher and a horrible brother and son, which I'm not. Ask Jill. I'm wonderful. Um, <laughs> And I may give you a message that influences your life. Say, wow, what a good, really good preacher. And I may be the worst person at home. You see what I mean? And then I'm missing out on my calling. I'm missing out on the large air, my calling. So if I'm neglecting my family, abusing my family, demeaning my family, my friends, whatever, I'm not fulfilling my calling. So you can see someone who's a charismatic, vibrant leader. We have several of them. But yet is self-centered and self-focused and doesn't have the love of Christ in them. They're not fulfilling their calling. Because calling is about something, is, isn't about something important you do in the future. Calling is about your faithfulness to Jesus today. Calling isn't about something important in the future that you do. Calling is about being faithful to Jesus today. It's about who you are today, not just in the future. We look into the future because we're saying, oh, New Year's, New Year's, uh, New Year's resolution and stuff. But who are you today? It doesn't matter about what the clock is, 2023, 22, 21. Are you living out your calling by being set apart? The Apostle Paul says something that really, really speaks to me, and I love this in Colossians. He says this. He says, and whatever you do, everybody say whatever. 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 You know what whatever means in Greek? Whatever. All right? It means whatever. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, that means in your mouth or in your action. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I don't know about you, but that's awesome, and it's also very difficult at times. But that is about living out your calling. Because if it, basically, if you're doing something you enjoy, do it to the Lord. If you're doing something that's difficult that you can't stand, do it to the Lord. If you're doing something that's right in your sweet spot, you're like, oh, here I am. A lot of people say, oh, man, this is my calling. It's here. No, your calling, a lot of times, is when you're doing stuff you don't enjoy, but you're bringing the, the hand of God in the midst of it. You're bringing the presence of God in there, and you're doing it because that's what Christ wanted us to do. Something that's really sweet spot or something that's frustrating, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it in the name of our Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks. Now, how many of you this last year had to do something that you did not want to do? Anybody? That's all. You don't want to raise your hand. That's why you're not doing it, right? Okay. A lot of stuff. How, how many of you ever, when you, if you started dating, had to do something that you didn't want to do? How many of you had to go somewhere that you didn't want to go? How many had to visit people you didn't want to visit? How many, had, how many had to miss a game that you wanted to see for something else, right? We all have certain things that we, we, we do. And why do we do that? We do that out of love and care for other people. Correct? Are you, am I the only person who does stuff that I don't want to do? <laughs> right? I mean, in my life, I spent a lot of times in my life going, I don't want. And now, now that you're, you're together so long, it kind of gets better because like, well, you don't have to go. And you're like, Oh, thank you. But, and you're like, eh, okay, I better go. You know what I mean? But, but we do those things. Reason why we do those things is because we have an unconditional love for the person and we want to display that we love them because it's not about, I love you, but I'm not going to your family's house. You know, I, I love you, but no, I'm not going with you anyway. I love you, but I'm never, we're never going out on a date. I love you, but I'm not going to go to the things that my kids have. I love, you know, I'm your dad, but no, it's about who you are. You go to those things because it shows something in who you are. It's the same thing. When we do things, whether we like them or not, that, that God wants us in that presence, we do those things. We show God that we love him, and we live out our calling as a whole, as in a holy set-apart life. And there's several examples of Scripture that it, calling isn't about something specifically unique that you do. It starts with a who. And Scripture is very clear. So I'm going to give you two examples in Scripture about this, two stories, and they're really easy. They both come from the Gospel of Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, okay? That's the third one in the New Testament. And one is in Mark chapter 10, and one is in Mark chapter 11. So you don't have to go very far if you want to check this out. And um, in Mark 10, there are two brothers. They're probably, uh, they're, they're probably tied with the, the top brothers in the New Testament. Um, you've got uh, Peter and Andrew, who are probably the other two uh, big brothers. And the other ones that we're going to talk about, James and John, right? You know them? They were called, um, they were sons of thunder. They were, they, were the, they were the guys who were right there. So in Mark chapter 10, um, they decide to ask Jesus for a little favor, okay? So they say, hey, hey let's, let's ask Jesus. Let's ask Jesus something. So what they say is they come up to Jesus. They say, hey, hey, Lord, um, you know, while we got some time, we were thinking, um, one day when all this stuff is over, you're going to be in heaven on your throne. And, you know, we're brothers and we, we're kind of like the, First, one of the first ones that were there, and, you know, like, I'm the, John says, yeah, remember, I'm the one that you love, um, you know, he says that, and he said, I'm, I'm, you're like my, my big brother, and so, hey, we, we want to ask you a question. When we get in, when you get to the kingdom, and you're sitting near your throne, everybody's looking at your throne, um, we want to ask a question. Um, can one of us sit on your right, and one of us sit on your left? I mean, it's not big, we just want to, we just want preferred seating in heaven. Is that okay? And so they, asked, they actually asked Jesus this question. Now you think about what all that Jesus is dealing with at this time. I, I, love, I love the point Jesus is probably like, what? You know, and here, here's what he says. He says, uh, okay, so they're really saying, Jesus, I want to be really important. When people look to you, I want to say, oh my gosh, that's James and John. There. I want mom to go look at my boys, right? That's what, you, that's what we want. We really, really want that. And Jesus looks at him and says, okay, if you want to be a leader, you have to be a servant. They say, what? 
Yeah, if you want to be a leader, you got to be servant. Oh, Lord, I've left everything. I'm serving. I'm following you. Oh, that means we got the, we got the spot. We got the spot. It, and he says, but wait, if you really, really want to be important, if you want to be first, then you actually need to be last. And like, huh? First or last? Is this Ricky Bobby? No. I mean, like, you know, they're, they're going through this kind of thing, and they go, no. So, okay, okay. So Jesus says, you know what? It's not about the visibility, but it's about the heart of a servant. In other words, it's about the who rather than the do. See what Jesus is saying here? Now, Mark chapter 11. Jesus and his disciples are approaching Jerusalem, which, again, I think it's very interesting. They're heading to Jerusalem, and we know everything that's going to happen. And they're approaching Jerusalem right before Jesus' triumphal entry, where we celebrate Palm Sunday, and he comes in on a donkey, and they wave palm branches. And so the disciples are probably a little bit beside themselves because they're going in. There was, some, there was some conflict before, and yet they're wondering. They know people don't really, like the religious leaders, don't really like Jesus that much. But here, there's going to— hear like people are getting really excited about Jesus coming in. And I find this really, really interesting here um, because, I, you know, I'm, I'm just looking into some things, but let's look here. It says, as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent who? Two of them ahead. Now, I can't prove it, but because of what happened in 10, I like to believe it was James and John. I think that would be really, really cool, don't you? That Jesus, they say, hey, can we sit on one side, one on the other? And then Jesus says, you got to be a servant. He says, oh, by the way, hey, guys, I got something for you. They're like, oh, here it is. Here it is. And so, so you think about it. I mean, if I was Jesus, I would have had fun playing with him like this. But he says, so he, let's just say, for argument's sake, he says, James and John, come here. I got something for you. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we got something really important to do. We, uh, he probably wants us to go cast out demons, probably wants us to carry, like, you know, can you play the, the shofar? Okay, I'll carry a banner saying, here comes Jesus. Oh, my gosh, this is going to be so awesome. Maybe he wants us to call fire down and wipe out the whole Roman Empire. Um, you know, but he probably chose us because of our capacity, because of our leadership, because, you know, we really can organize things, and because, heck, we're going to sit one on the right, one on the left. Can you, can you see that? And so he said, and by the, by the way, um, we're definitely better than looking than Andrew and Peter. I mean, look at us. We're, we're good looking. And you know, they're probably coming all the wonderful things, that they, the reasons that they thought. And here's what Jesus says. He chooses two, and he says this. Go into the, the, that village over there, he told them, and as soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. Now, if I'm James and John, I'm saying, we want to just sit on one side and the other. We don't want to be a donkey jackers, right? We don't want to be like arrested for stealing donkeys. That's what he told them to do. Did you see that? Like, and do some Jedi mind trick. These are not the donkey you're looking for, you know? Uh, and they, they might think, wait a second, Jesus. Wait, wait. We left everything to follow you. Where's my big calling? Where's my important assignment? Where's the visible, there's, there's my boys. Where, mom's like, mom's going to see us. Like, there's my boys, side and face. They stole a donkey. I mean, Lord, come on, Lord, what's going on here? And we want some clout. We don't want to rest it. Uh, we need attention, not donkey jacking, Jesus. Come on, Jesus, you're putting us on donkey duty? And some of you are laughing because you got four-year-old mentalities, and I said donkey duty. But anyway, um, and I do too. That's why I thought of it. Um, but the thing is, think about that. It, I think it would be so awesome if it was James and John because they're saying, oh, can we sit at one side and the other? Oh, yes. Oh, we're going to do so excited. Hey, go steal that donkey. 
what? The disciples are about to learn something I think we need to about calling. The size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. You see, they wanted to be lifted up in all of heaven, sitting on one side and the other side, which I think is really interesting because we know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and they're there together, so I don't know if James and John's going to squeeze in, in in the middle there. But they wanted to be lifted up so people could see them. And Jesus said, but you've got to be a servant. By the way, go get a donkey. The size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. The very... In that very thing in the moment that God might be calling you to do, he is enabling you to do, he's inviting you to do, may not be, feel that important in the moment, but it could be the most significant thing that you could ever imagine. Like a little shepherd boy from the Old Testament who decided to go take his brother some lunch and along, because he always was out in the fields and you never know what's happened, took his sling and went and got some stones and said, you know what? I don't, need the, I don't need this armor or whatever thing. I come at you in the name of the Lord. And I'm going to go ahead and take my sling, and I'm going to take out a giant named Goliath. That guy was David. Seemed insignificant. They laughed at him. They said, what are you doing? Goliath said, am I a dog? Did you come at me with a stick? Talking about him. And David said, no, I come at you in the name of the Lord, and I'm going to cut off your head and feed it to the birds of the air. Can you imagine and then what about the, the little boy in the New Testament who took his little lunchable and gave it to Jesus? And Jesus took what seemed small and insignificant and multiplied it to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. And you know that is the only story that's in all four Gospels. Some little insignificant lunch. Guess what? You are set apart by God. You are chosen by God and you are called by God. And whatever you do, everybody say Whatever. Whatever you do, even if it's donkey duty, you do it with faithfulness, passion, and integrity. Not because of, of what you want to do and how you want to be seen, but because of who you are. Because it's so much more about the who before the do. These disciples may have had no idea that as they were sneaking up to jack this donkey and take it away, that they were getting the donkey that was going to take Jesus to his calling that would save the world. For them, it was something insignificant. But for us, it was the means that brought Jesus in a triumphal entry that caused him by the end of that week to give up his life on a cross for you and me. You want to find your calling? What am I created to do? You start with a who. Be faithful to Jesus today. And then when you're faithful, you serve with passion. And then you love. And when you love, you live and love generously. And when you die to yourself and leverage your life to make Jesus known, when there's less of you and there's more of him, when it's not about your name and your status and your visibility and your importance, but it becomes about the one who gave his life for you, the one who suffered, the one who bled and died, the one who gave his life and rose again so that you could be forgiven and your sins could be washed away, that you can be filled with that very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead and empowered and created you. You are uniquely shaped and set apart to live a holy life in the calling that God has called for you. And then when you, and everything you do, you do it for the glory of God. You don't have to take time to find your calling because when you become who God wants you to be, that you live out your calling of being set apart and holy, guess what? Your calling finds you. It finds you. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to 
come to the Lord and let him work out those things. It'll overtake you. It may be start out something as meaningless as donkey duty because something meaningful is the fact that Jesus gave his life up. That donkey sat there. Nobody had ever ridden it. And Jesus said, hey, go get it. Because that was meant for him and that calling. So what are you called to do? You're called to be a who before you do. You're called to become like Jesus. You're called to be set apart to live a holy life. And we don't live according to the same values of the world. So one day, let's say, one day you wake up and you recognize there's someone who's in need. And you're called to help that person. And there's someone who's hurting and you're called to become like Christ and actually listen to the person. Maybe even pray for them on the spot. You might be called right now to love somebody that's really difficult to love. You might be called to pray for that child that continues to run for God, from God. You might be called to confess something in your life that's held you back, that's grieved your soul, and believe that the power of the Holy Spirit can change you. You might have a lot of education and a lot of, a lot of clout, and you know you could do so much more professionally, but right now you're being called to love those babies or to take care of those elderly parents. And God says, hey, that's more important. Or maybe God's using 2024 and saying, hey, I'm calling you because you've been caught up in maybe a job or maybe a, a pattern, and you've been saying, this is where I gotta be, this is where I gotta be, and God's saying, hey, I'm calling you out of that because I want you to live the life I've called you to be. You might be called to build a business. And some people might say, no, wait, wait, that's not spiritual. That's incredibly spiritual. Don't let anyone ever tell you that it's not spiritual. Jesus got pretty excited about somebody who had five talents and, and, made, and made it into ten, didn't he? He got really upset with the one who buried it. You build that business with integrity, with faithfulness, with passion. You're honoring God, and whatever you do, you do it to the glory of God. Anybody know about Chick-fil-A and how they're closed today? <laughs> and don't you always want it today, you know? But he, he kept the same patterns that everybody in business said were stupid. But he believed that's how he wanted to honor God. And he's done it year after year after year. And now it continues. So what am I called to do? It always starts with the who. I am a child of God who's been redeemed and forgiven by Jesus more than you can ever imagine. I'm called to shepherd this church under the, the good shepherd Jesus Christ. I'm called to lay down my life for my family. I'm called to disciple my children toward the goodness of Jesus. And there's a big part of me that throughout my life um, has really worn down over the years. And, uh, but I need to confess it because it's there, that there's um, a lot of times in my life that I really wanted to be important. I really wanted a big name. I really wanted to, I, I thought it would be cool to be the mega church person. That's not me. That's totally not me. And several, several years ago, I realized that's not me. I'm called to love and serve God and be faithful to him each and every day. And this is my dream. This is my dream that I have. All, all of you are part of that dream. Nightmare sometimes, but no, I mean, no, seriously. No, you're all part of my dream because, because I'm being faithful to God and we're seeing the, the fruition of your faithfulness to God. And I love the fact that stuff goes on in this church that I don't know because there's people who are living out their passion and calling in Christ Jesus. And that's exciting for me. That's exciting for me. And so, there's a, you know, it's interesting that in my life, I thought, oh, I want to do something really important, and I am. When you lead one person to the Lord Jesus, you've done something extremely important. And when I stand before the Lord one day, he's not going to say to me, well done, good and important servant. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. He never says good and important servant. 
He says, faithful. And each one of us are called by God, set apart, chosen to live a life that's, that's all about Jesus. It's not all about our comfort. It's not all about our name. It's not about our desires. It's a life that's called to reflect the glory of God. Paul said, I beg you, I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling, to glorify the one who gave it all for you. You're called by God. Church is not an add-on. Christianity is not a box that you check. It's not something you do and say, oh, I watch a sermon, that feels good, and then try to do something good. It's your, our calling is to reflect the glory and the presence of Jesus Christ each and every day, in every conversation, everywhere I go, by being set apart. And what if, I, what if you just woke up and recognized, I have been called by God, uniquely created, empowered, set aside to live a, a holy and set-apart life, to become like Jesus, to make him known. And at the end of the day, your success will not be made on how much money you make, how much recognition you have, or how anybody looks at you. Your success will be based on the way of how faithful are you to Jesus today. Whether it's at home with kids, whether it's, you know, in the corporate boardroom. How have you been faithful to Jesus? That's your success, being faithful to Jesus today. I want to put this back up here. Ephesians 4, what does it say? Let's read it again, and I pray the Holy Spirit will just, that you really embrace this. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Oh, what's my calling? You've been called by God. You've been called by God to live a holy life, one that is set apart for him. As we wind down, you may have a question. How do I know if I'm ready? You aren't. You won't be. You just will be. All right? God is. You're not. I'm not. How do I know if I know enough? You won't. But that's why we have the Holy Spirit. Am I good enough? Nope. But God says in our weakness, he is made strong. I don't feel ready. Congratulations. You're ready. And how do I know this? I love this verse from 1 Corinthians, and we're going to wind down here in a second. From 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. And he says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. In other words, he says, do you remember? He says, I'm going to remind you. I'm going to remind you. And he says, not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential not many were of noble birth. What's Paul saying there? He's saying, you guys, remember what you were when you were called to the faith. You were untrained, you were unqualified, and you were unprepared. Welcome to the body of Christ. God wants unprepared, untrained, unqualified people. He wants nobodies. That's us. Why? So he can empower us to do great things. Remember, if, if Jesus came and we said, hey, Jesus, we want you to pick, we, we want to help Jesus pick his disciples. How many of us would have picked that ragtag group of idiots that he had, right? Right? Think about it. How many of you would pick Simon Peter to be the rock that you build the church on? He had open mouth insert foot disease time and time again. Denied and cursed Jesus. How, how many of you would want John Mark to write the gospel. He, the uh, gospel of Mark. He, when in the Garden of Gethsemane, they went to get him, he took off and left naked. How, let's even go back further. How many of you picked Jacob, who, who God wrestled with and called Israel? He was a conniving sucker all along the way. Ripped off his brother, 
went to his, uh, his uh, dying blind dad and put on a goat skin that tells you Esau was really hairy and put that on and said, no, it's Esau. It sounds like Jacob. No, I'm Esau. And he, he did that to steal his birthright. He was a jerk. How many of you would love to have your brother Jacob come over for dinner? No one. He was such a, a jerk that what he did is when he was coming to meet his brother Esau, you know what he did? He sent all the things he owned and his wives and kids on the other side to see if Esau was going to get them. That is not a good person. But guess what? When he wrestled with God, it changed him. Many of us may need 2024 to, as we, we go into that today to wrestle with God in some areas of our life. Jacob needed to wrestle with himself and get over himself. Some of us may need to get over ourselves. And some of that may be, I want to be lifted up. I want to be seen. I want to have this. I want that. And God may say, yeah, but you can never lift me up if you're constantly lifting yourself up. We say, Lord, but I want to sit on one side and the other. He said, no, go get a donkey. Go get a donkey. Don't hate the calling that God has given to you to be untrained, unqualified and unprepared because as I've heard it said a billion times, God doesn't call the prepared. He prepares the called and you are called by God to live a holy set apart life. In my life, when I felt that God was calling me to do something, um, many people criticized it. Many people said that doesn't make sense. Many people may have even laughed Many people even compared. Many people just said, what have you? And some of them were very close people and meant well. And if you have a calling that you're beginning to live out from God based on who, on the who you are and you're getting to do something, sometimes the criticism of people is just a confirmation. The calling of God is right there. You have been called by God. Ring, ring, ring. Answer the call and live a life that's worthy. Amen? All right. Let's... Uh, Let's worship in song one more time here today. Thank you, Becky. All right, let's stand up if you're not already standing up and, and if you're able. And today, just, um, just hear the Lord. Just hear God speaking to you. Um, I just... I know many of you, and, I, and I, know, I know that you have a heart for the Lord. And I know that you have a heart for your families and your friends and this church and, and so many other things. And some of us have been focusing so much, and maybe even frustrated, that we've been focusing so much on the do part of the calling rather than the who we are. So I want to tell you today that... Um, We are all sinners saved by the grace of Jesus Christ and we are set apart and called by him to do great things and to lift his name higher. That's who we are. And so once you have that, my prayer is that you're sure of who you are, you're sure of the who, and now it's just left up to God to start giving you the do. And eye is not seen and ear is not heard what the Father has prepared for those who love him. And that's what I hope that uh, 2024 is all about. So let's, let's just pray. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for your calling on us. I thank you that, um, that some of our callings are going to be donkey duty. That it's not going to be something that we love. And, but God, that 
you're speaking to us today and, and saying that the important things are just having a heart and living a set-apart life, one that lifts your name up. It may be somebody we pass by on the way into the office or the way into work every day. Maybe somebody who works with us and our crew every day. And, and the greatest calling can be for us to just be the visible hands, feet, and heart of you. So that someone can say, 2024 was when Jesus came into my life. And it's because of that person. Because that person showed me the love of Christ for the first time. And I needed it. I just didn't know. And it forever changed me. For some of us, God, we may be struggling. We may be struggling emotionally and mentally and physically. And, and we, it, it may have us saying, well, God, I can't do. I can't do the calling. But God, the inward change of who is what enables us to do the calling wherever situation we're in. And so, Lord, I pray that just as I, as I mentioned, claiming your word that I uh, is not seen and ears not heard, what the Father has prepared for those you have called as part of Haven Church and the ministry that is yours, that your name will be lifted higher and higher and higher throughout the world, that many will come to know you. So, Lord, as we take this last offering of the year, I ask for your Holy Spirit to be on the gifts and the tithes and you're visiting, uh, we just want you to receive what God has for you and not to give. Just receive. Just hear the call of the Lord on your life, telling you that he loves you. He gave his life up for you, and he just wants you to give him that life, whatever it may be broken. And many of us, I, I just get the feeling that somebody right now saying, but why would God want my life? with everything that I've done to it, with every, all the ups and downs and all the failings. That's why he came. He came and took all the struggles, all the sins upon himself. And he loves you unconditionally. And he has a plan for your life. And he's calling you. He's calling. Pick it up and answer. And just say, Jesus, I need a Savior you're in. Start this year off better than ever before. Lord, we love you. Speak to us. There are people in the front and the back that will pray with you, pray for you. But ultimately, hear the voice of the Lord saying, this is the way. Amen. Jesus, you won't. 
everyone have a safe and happy new year and i'll see you next year bye